2: Hey guys, it's Hinch from Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. And if for some reason you're not already tired of listening to us on the show, well, I guess I got good news for you. We now have a YouTube channel so you can watch us on the show as well. Go to youtube.com, search Off Track with Hinch and Rossi and you can see myself, my co-host Alexander Rossi, that guy Thim that sometimes shows up, you know, doing what we do. So go check it out, subscribe, like all the videos. Thanks so much.
3: This is Off-Track with Inch and Rossi. Hi, guy. Okay. Oh, James. <sighs> Man, I'm not going to oh, lie to you. This one's tough. This, is this a, one's uh, tough. We've all had those mornings. Did you celebrate yeah. America's birthday a little bit? To I, I celebrated Canada's
2: birthday oh. and America's birthday all it at the wants. same time. Right. Days after both of them. Copy. And, um, <laughs> My Wednesdays, my, am I right? Right. Well, it was. The, it was <laughs> wait. What was? It was Tuesday. It's Wednesday. So, yeah. Today's Wednesday. Yeah. Um, it started on Tuesday with my cousin in law, I guess, and his wife. My cousins in law, um, Gresham and Meredith. In-law? Well, it's Becky's cousin. It's Becky's right? cousin's right. Got it. Yeah. And uh, and you guys know Gresham and Mayor. Uh, Gresh was one of the MCs at our wedding. Um, him and his brother Nick, and he has he's a great time. They're both a great time. Formerly in the bar business, mm-hmm. and so he he knows how to have a night. And we went to a, they invited us to a concert downtown Toronto. Uh, I'm already up here for the for pre-Toronto stuff. And uh, yeah, we had an absolute blast. We just maybe stayed out a little bit later than we should have.
3: Well, and keep in mind, James, you and I kind of had this conversation earlier. Um, we're old now. So Dude, it is. It's a real thing. Exponentially, it's a harder real thing. To have yeah. a good time. And, and yes. And
2: not just pay the price for it. Yeah. yeah. It's just. So if I look and sound like a bag of poop it's because that's exactly how I feel um, that said I'll probably still run 5k later uh, just because oh, wow, I like wow, doing wow. that when I'm hung I like doing that when I'm hung over just to make Hunter Ray mad because as, as old as we feel and as bad as we feel after a night of drinking um, Hunter yeah, Ray is way older 200. he's so much yeah. older and feels so much worse and so uh, <laughs> every time we drink together uh, I always make a point to get up, and no matter how bad I feel, I will go for a run just to t- to Facetime him while he's still in bed nursing himself, because it's awesome. He just hates it.
4: Do you do the vintage? Uh, do you do the vintage Marco and post your five uh, k on Instagram too? No, no, I do not. But no, that's I do not,
3: not a that's not vintage Marco, and B. Um, it's court Marco <laughs> exclusively when he's hung over. He just does that every day. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, so do you I – think, I think it was like a year ago, James, where you, me, and Kelly went out to just a normal steak dinner. And yeah. we had, I think, one cocktail and two glasses of wine. Yeah, yeah. And we woke up the next morning, and, like, it was tough. Like, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't bad, but it was, it was harder than it should have been. And it wasn't great. And we, we both texted Hunter Ray being like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry we gave you so much crap for all of these years, because you're right. Like, and he has children that he has to wake up with and deal with.
2: It's Wait. such a great point. Yeah, It is such a great point. I don't know, you can't do it, you can't do it. Yeah. That's why, so I was over at his house last year at some point, I forget why, um, but Becky and I stayed over with, with Becky and Ryan for a night or two. And I just made it my absolute mission to try and get him as hammered as possible because I know he's got to wake up at seven with the kids or whatever it is. And it's just the best. Like, no- normally we do that charity event with him every year. And that's, you know, it's usually at West, sometimes we do it in Florida. Um, but normally, Either the kids aren't there or someone's watching the kids because they're pretty, like, hands-on with it. So we always have a big night there, and they can, like, sleep in and not have to worry about it. But when I was there, I know, I know that he's got to get up and do stuff. And so I just keep – he's like, no, no, I'm good. Oh, are you good? You're not going to have – oh, you're just going to go to bed now? And then he he didn't just wind him up, and then he has that that next drink, and then it turns into another
3: and
4: another, and it's just awesome.
3: We are terrible (laughs) at peer pressuring people. I was going to say, this sounds
4: (laughs) – Yeah, you you sound like the villain here Oh, no,
2: yeah, no, I'm gonna own that In this particular scenario of trying to get Ryan to feel super hungover I'm all about it, all about it Big fan
4: Uh, (coughs) So, uh, we're we're all getting over, celebrating I'm in Michigan, I'm in a cottage on Lake Michigan
2: Um, Are you still
4: celebrating America's birthday? Yeah uh, but I celebrate that every day of the fing year. Oh god yes, right
3: of course. Because you're an
2: American. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh
4: no, yeah. When I'm, did I'm Connor up with Daly uh, get here? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up with family. We we go uh we go up to Michigan every year having fun. Um, yeah, and Alex you went down and, and celebrated with your family in Nashville? Um
3: I mean, I saw my family. I, I didn't
4: necessarily
3: <laughs> celebrate
4: with them. You celebrated in Nashville. They celebrated in Nashville. The two celebrations were not together.
3: I, well, for some some of it. Like, we did dinner a dinner and uh, a breakfast-ish. Um, but, yeah, so after Mid-Ohio, um, I was very fortunate to kind of hitch a ride with my old pal Joseph um, down to Nashville. And some buddies of mine drove my boat down that Sunday as well. So we were out on the water on the lake in Nashville um, for the 4th of July, which is pretty cool. And then got to... didn't really see it because I was in the bedroom of the Airbnb um, trying to keep my dogs from committing dog suicide. But I heard the 30-minute, like, apparently... $2 $2 million fireworks show that went off in downtown Nashville in front of 250,000 people on that tiny strip of whatever bars wow. and stuff.
2: Broadway. Broadway.
3: So um, that would have been a scene for everyone that was out. Um, but yes, so, so that was cool. And then in Indy for kind of a day and a half and go to Iowa this evening to test at my um, you know favorite place. place. My favorite oval. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, so before we get to uh, talking about that test, let's backtrack. Uh, Mid-Ohio last weekend. Yes. Uh, that was, uh, that was, Scotty
3: McLaughlin. That was interesting.
4: Well, yeah. Well, before we get in the so, race recap, we, we talked about having a race on a holiday weekend without like a long-standing tradition of having it on that holiday. Yeah. How did it turn out? I think there was... Unbelievable. Great turnout. It was a huge turnout.
2: I would say it maybe looked like I feel like and this could be totally off base, but just based on my observation, it looked like there was maybe fewer campers than we've seen for like the whole weekend. Okay. But race day was absolutely packed. Like I was you know, I got into the track at like 8 o'clock or something like that, and the lineup was already down the street like trying to get in. I walked by the gate at 11. Keep in mind the race starts at 12.30. Yeah. I went by the gate at 11. There was still a, a, two lines of cars trying to get in both directions. We had an o- overhead shot uh, during the broadcast from the helicopter. The parking lot was full to a level I have never seen it. So like I said, it looked like the camping lot still had some room, but like the parking lot, that sh- the people that showed up on Sunday, man, absolutely packed. Well, that's great so, to hear. It is great to hear. Like I, def- I definitely wasn't – because of what we talked about, right? Like you kind of need that date equity on a holiday weekend I feel to, to make that the tradition for people. But man, if we can keep doing this race on that weekend, it's just going to keep growing, and I think the camping then will blow up, and it'll just be a, a three-day, you know, absolute party. So,
4: uh, so it was awesome, and that's one of those um, tracks I actually like camping. I've camped there before. That's a great track to camp at. It's great there in Road America, or like the, yeah. the,
2: the, they have that camping culture, and people really get behind it, and it's awesome, and I love it. And so funny, actually, funny side story about. about kind of that in general. So Becky's, uh, Becky worked with this guy in a movie, uh, called Eddie and, uh, they became good friends. The the movie was called Eddie Eddie or the guy was called Eddie? (laughs) The guy was called Eddie. Uh, still is. And
3: she ended up,
2: I mean, yeah, well, I've heard weirder names. Uh, but so, so Eddie, Eddie, uh, had a Sprinter van and was like driving. He had to visit some family in Montreal the weekend that we were there for the F1 race. And Becky was supposed to be coming, but then she couldn't because she got that job. And so we had an extra ticket. So we hooked up and Eddie kind of joined Evan and I. And we had like – we had a blast in Montreal. And then he was – he he he's he wants to drive from like the east coast to the west coast basically and he was gonna come through the States and maybe come through Indy at some point. But he was on no real schedule. He's sort of just like shooting from the hip and kind of flying, you know, by the seat of his pants a bit. So he texts Becky the other day and he was like, Hey, are you guys in Indy? And she was like, No, we're out of town, but James is in Ohio And he was like, Oh, where in Ohio? I'm in Toledo. Like, well, she's in he's in Mansfield for the race. He was like two hours away, he's like why don't I just come for the race? So on Friday, he just like hooked a right and, uh, and drove to mid Ohio body camping spot and just hung out for the weekend, you know, living out of this Sprinter van, and did he um, it? ended up, he, he absolutely loved it. So, so Montreal was his, this was like, this was, was so cool. Montreal was his first race of any kind ever. Right. He, he'd been following drive to survive and you know, he, whatever, whatever. And, you know, he obviously knew about IndyCar because of Becky and me, whatever. But so he came to this race, and I was like, I'm very curious to see how your experience was, you know, by the end of it in comparing the two. So, like, in Montreal, we had nice, sweet tickets in a great location, yada, yada. And in mid-Ohio, uh, in he was parked along the back straight. He, he had, I introduced him to Joey Molinaro and, like, his whole crew that was there. He ended up just partying with them all weekend.
4: This actually explains and, a lot. Uh, I got a text from my friend Jeremiah, who's also friends with Joey, and he said... He sent a picture of a guy whom I've never seen, and it was just like Hinge left Eddie. me in charge of Eddie for the weekend, and I was just like I don't know what any of this means, so I'm just not gonna. I was like I got a I'm just not gonna respond. I don't know how to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Eddie, Eddie texts me after the because after the race, you know we I you know I kind of said our goodbyes beforehand, and then and then I'd go and. Um, and he texted me afterwards. He was like, dude, that is such a better experience than Formula One. And this is like an – this is – I don't even want to say unbiased. If anything, he was biased towards F1 because his introduction to racing was Driver to survive. And, uh, we got and he the, finished that weekend. He was like, this was an absolute blast.
4: We got the Eddie seal of approval. That's what all all yeah. major sporting series go for.
2: That's what uh, – <laughs> I'm expecting a pretty big bump now in the attendance of viewership. <laughs> no, and I mean, honestly,
3: that's – it's – wonderful to hear that right because it's i mean it's impossible for us to really get that opinion from people who you know are introduced to racing now and get to go back to back to kind of two different events and to actually hear that feedback right. is, is cool and it's what we all believed right but we are yeah. super biased in a lot of respect so. yes um
2: and what helped was mid-ohio was a, a, an unusually interesting race this why year. james so many re- – like, normally, like, look, it's a it's a bit of a – you know, it's a bit of a – it can be a bit of a processional race. It can be. Uh, tough to pass. Not really any big strategy, you know, gambles you can take. Um, and, it, yeah, it can be a little bit follow or a little bit boring. This was not in any of that. So there's a couple, like, big topics that I think we we'll need to cover. Um I don't even know where to start. Let's okay. Let's start with um, the horrific ter, you know, outcome for the McLaren team. Um, probably their oh, best yeah. combined qualifying of the year. Pato on pole. Felix was fourth. Pato's leading at the start. Felix on on primaries. The first car on primaries it makes he gets ahead of Colton on alternates. So he makes a pass on track on the start. He's running third on the less favorable tire looking very good. Engine blows on lap, whatever, five, six, Mm -hmm. seven, whatever it was. Then after the restart, Pato, Pato's engine starts sputtering, slowing,
3: losing power, whatever it was. Alex, have you watched the race? Did you watch it back? No, but I think it was gearbox. I don't know that it was engine, but anyway.
2: (laughs) There was smoke was coming out. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Felix has had a, had a bib under it. So something blew up and, and, I think I think Pato's may have actually been, like, electrical. Like, it wasn't... It was cutting out weird. It, like, it wasn't getting fuel proper or something like that. So, yeah. Sorry. It's not, like... Not, like, engine, engine. Um, but, yeah. Man. To have their, like, kind of best combined qualifying, having a great race, and then have two mechanical problems, that's a big kick in the nuts for those guys. And then we also had a couple other mechanical... There was a lot of mechanical DNFs for an IndyCar race. Mm-hmm. One of the Foy cars stopped. Al Calamilot
4: stopped. Well, and James, was it you that mentioned on the broadcast? I mean, does this have something to do with these are older chassis or anything like that? Oh no, yeah, old older engines. I was talking to one of the one of the uh,
2: strategists, and they were saying that like the way the in, the engine cycle works, this was the last race for a lot of people's engines. They were going to kind of cycle to a new one for Toronto, and so oh, okay. there was some concern about reliability because it was right near the end of the life but also meant that you could run it like a little higher tuned because depending on how much you'd abuse your engine in previous races, you can kind of you can kind of push that a little. You kind of get like a set amount of this given metric that you can use over the lifespan of the engine. So if you'd been kind of conservative early, you could tune it up a bit later. Okay, uh, but anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. So that was makes more sense.
3: But.
4: By the way, speaking of your broadcasting, do you realize on the international broadcast they don't cut away from you guys during commercials? Uh, I do now aware of that yeah because I, somebody somebody I think it was after Calderon's car broke down you said on the international feed and I thought this was really funny you said oh my god they're dropping like flies why do they say that why do flies drop which why like do flies in terms drop? of things that could have been caught you know without you knowing who was in here that's not that bad that was just kind of funny to me <laughs> and, and, and if you I,
2: I mean you know a lot of things about a lot of things do you have any insight on I don't why, know. Where, I don't where know that saying comes from
4: I guess because yeah, there's it. some types of flies that don't live that long. They only, like, they, they just die, die, die quickly. Yeah, there's, like, the, the there's that one type yeah. of fly that dies within 24 hours, right? That sucks. That's
3: a bad gig.
4: Yeah. Um, I mean, depends on the quality of that 24 um, hours. Okay,
3: so they, okay, I mean, Google. Um, they die from their own stress
4: man so do i (laughs) i can relate i can relate (laughs) man (laughs) who would (laughs) have (laughs) known dude dude when
2: we were on time when we were on this isn't time for like the podcast this is time for the conversation uh when we were on uh the trip i forget how it came up but marissa gave uh becky the nickname worst case becky and it was just like any situation she had, had to, she had to just find the most negative possible outcome and, and so every time she said something in that vein Marissa would just go worst case Becky at it again and I'm like this is a great <laughs> skit like this is a great recurring skit is just play that little intro music and then go to some situation that's like really positive and Becky just walks in and is like yeah but we're all gonna die soon you know <laughs> it was so all funny right. worst case Becky had it again oh god
1: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
2: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality
1: simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
0: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court.
2: Hey guys, it's Hinch from Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. And if for some reason you're not already tired of listening to us on the show, well, I guess I got good news for you. We now have a YouTube channel so you can watch us on the show as well. Go to youtube.com, search Off Track with Hinch and Rossi, and you can see myself, my co-host Alexander Rossi, that guy Thim that sometimes shows up, you know, doing what we do. So go check it out, subscribe, like all the videos. Thanks so much.
3: So, yes, that was those were some of the interesting highlights of the race. Uh, So
2: obviously there was uh, it was also like a lot of contact in general for an IndyCar race. But I guess when you get to a track that's tough to pass, you're going to see a little bit more of that these days. Um, You were involved in some some argy bargy a little bit. Do you want to talk about your race at all? Sure, don't. There there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, that's, yep. uh, that's how that works.
4: That's good. I would like to,
3: I would like to I would like to find out what mythical plan will power use to go from 27th to 30th. Yeah,
4: what so, the yes, hell. this hell? <laughs>
2: okay. So there's th- yeah, th- there's two other points that I wanted to touch on, and Will was certainly one of them. So let's start there and then we can get on to the last one. But Okay, let's let's recap this for people. Will power goes out in Q1. I guess the probably didn't talk about it, was like qualifying was kind of a, a mixed bag. Like a lot of qualifying was was
3: wild, some weird stuff going on.
2: Yeah. So well, so what happened to you in qualifying? Because you were pretty sporty in practice, and then you transferred, but you, did you qualify twelfth?
3: Yeah. 12th? So no, we transferred uh, pretty pretty handily, um, and we just—I mean, we we made an adjustment that we thought was going to. You know be that extra little bit and instead of going a 10th quicker it went a 10th slower and it was so tight that a 10th was too much like that was just that was the gap you know um i think we ended i think it was the final practice where seven cars were within 0.15 of a second so um nothing nothing bad happened to us we were actually quite fortunate with the whole traffic situation in qualifying and we just we weren't fast enough um, in round two, so that that's what happened to us. But for sure, with 26 cars, I think we had, it was incredibly difficult, 27, incredibly difficult to get a lap in, in any kind of situation. So it, it kind of makes sense why it was so chaotic for a lot of guys, and, and unfortunately, it, it caught people out. I mean, it caught Joseph out. It obviously caught Will and Elio out. Um, I'm sure there's there's other examples, but yeah, I mean, it was it was certainly a mixed bag, and then you had guys like David Malukas, right, who, I mean, aside from Detroit, really haven't been in contention for the fast six, and, and he was massively quick all weekend. Kyle Kirkwood was quick. So it was just there was a lot of guys kind of eligible to, to transfer each round, and, and, it, and it was really difficult. Yeah, I mean, that,
2: that's just it, right? I mean, you, you go through practice. Like you say, it was so competitive. It was so, so tight. And that's one of those tracks that, like, for me, that place was always one where, like, you really needed a rhythm, and like like one of those, it's one of those places where one small little setup change just carried the whole lap and you could find like a good chunk of lap time from just something small. And like, again, a good chunk of lap time is like two tenths because it's just so tight, that moves you up so much. So if you don't absolutely nail it, there were so many people that were there to take that spot. It was so tight, I, I forget. Which is,
3: which is really weird because like, it's quite a challenging track. It's you super know? tough, yeah. It's so interesting that people are so able to be so close. Like I would, I would kind of expect that at a St. Pete, St. Pete. Well, maybe not. Cause it, I mean the walls, right. And Indie you know, we get it at Indie you'd expect it at a Portland. Right. But like middle yeah. Iowa is very, very hard. So it's, it's crazy that that's one of our most contested tracks. I wonder if it's just cause everyone does so much testing there kind of Everyone's just driven so many laps there, whether it's through Indy Lights or Road to Indy or testing or whatever, that they've kind of just sussed out. Like a track in, in Europe that was like that is Barcelona, right? Because there was so much time. To yeah, so right. Maybe that has to
2: do. Yeah. Yeah, could be. Um, so anyway, so qualifying was a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, def- you you mentioned it, but like big shout out to David Malukas because he was quick all weekend long. And I think he ended up qualifying eighth. But like, and then oh, yeah, there was someone else. I, I want to say was... Yeah, Pacino, Calum was fast. maybe. Oh. Callum was fast. But no, somebody uh, we just have back to how close it was. <clears throat> somebody literally missed transferring by a one one thousandth. Like someone on the bubble was one one thousandth. Like the Kinidi car we our timing goes down to the ten thousandth, and then that's why. I mean it's it's normally for the ovals, but thank God we had it. Um <clears throat> so yeah, so qualifying was been a bit of mixed bag, Pato got the poll. Uh Will qualify. Oh, so yeah, so Will goes down Q one. And in this hotly contested, very, very tight group, he went two tenths quicker than anybody in Q1. So it was like the biggest gap we'd seen between first and second of any session the entire weekend. Unfortunately for him, on his out lap, he came out of the keyhole, didn't know Elio was on a flyer behind him, was kind of just swerving on the back straight, weaving, warming his tires up, completely oblivious to the fact there was a car coming up behind him they nearly crash. Elio's out in the dirt. And as, as a result, Will gets a penalty. And rather than, you know, probably being in the fast six and, and fighting for pole, he starts out in 21st at a track that is very tough to pass and, and is super, super close and competitive and tight in the field. Will Power finished third. We also have to note that on lap one, he spun out in an unforced error, trying to make a pass in turn nine and fell to last place. He then proceeded to drive through the entire field. It was unbelievable.
3: The and- rate at which he passed me, like, cause we were, we weren't the best car, but we were, we were a pretty good car. We didn't have great track position, but like our lap time was kind of what the leaders were doing and everything. Like it was going to be a, just a normal day for us. The rate at which he caught and passed me, I was like, is he, is what, is, mm, what, why? What's happening here? Because we were on the same tires, we were both on reds. I, phenomenal, like just, he was on it.
2: So it, it was an interesting way it played out. So there was a yellow early-ish on, somewhere in the first 10 laps, I, oh, I guess it was for Felix. And a few guys at the back came in and Pitt topped up for Fuel. He was one of them, Graham was another one. So that put him on like a bit of a different strategy. And so he was able to run really long compared to everybody else on that that kind of first stint. And then a yellow came out that everybody took and it sort of reset the field. And I want to say that was around about lap 30 or like early 30s. And so at that point, he's now back on the same strategy as everyone else. He had gone from 27th to 13th in that time. And then now on the same strategy, he drove through the next 10 cars. On track, on pace. And it was just, it was wild to watch, man. It was really, really, really cool. Uh, at the end of the day, old Scotty Mack did a masterful job. He is he is very good when he's up front. Like, mm-hmm. he is exceptional in that situation. And we talk about it in the broadcast all the time. It's like, that's where he's comfortable because that's what he did for so long in V8s, right? Like, he just well, was up front, that and was dominating, 50th, and he knows how to do 50th that.
3: 50th win for Roger. So, I mean, that is. He, he's won a lot of those events. Um, so he's used to, mm-hmm. to seeing the checkered flag first, which is neat for him. Um, <laughs> all right. I have a little bit of a time limit. So let's get to an Ask Alex and uh, get the hell okay. out of here. All right. I was going
4: to. All right. We have a. I like this one. Okay. Actually, just a quick note on Ask, Ask Alex emails. I don't work for NBC. I don't get to decide things. You guys can stop telling me that they go to commercial too much. You can stop telling me that that you don't like how their audio is. I'm just – I don't – I'm not going to do anything with that info. Uh, But we do have
2: one – I will address the audio one because we get it all the time. The audio that comes out of the truck at the track is perfect. It gets distributed to a bunch of different towers and, and buildings and whatever, whatever to local markets. And they remix their own stuff sometimes. And so I, I don't know why that's how it works. That's we brought this up to like our people like that work at the track that work for NBC and they're like, it's not us. It goes out, your microphones are all fine, the noise level to the engines is the way it should be, and then it gets distorted somewhere. So if you if you want to complain, find your local like NBC distributor or whatever and write them a note.
4: The important okay, thing is it's sorry, not me. Go ahead, ask it's it not I'm not your local NBC affiliate. Okay. Flood Tim's inbox. I get, no, I like legitimately know about just these emails for the Ask Alex, which I guess they could think that you guys read TikTok, too. I guys. get DMs. TikTok. I get DMs on Twitter about I, NBC broadcasts. It was like, I, why'd they go to commercial there? Nine, <laughs> nine
3: <laughs> minutes over when I should have been done with this. TikTok.
4: Okay, sorry. Uh, I work on the NHR, NHRA All right, circuit. We don't need and to do this thing.
3: All right, there's this guy. He works on the NHRA <laughs> circuit, right? He's on the road a lot. Their schedule's wild. It's kind of like the motor support version of baseball, right? They're always traveling all over the place. Crazy schedule. Hats off to those guys. God bless them. He um, likes a girl, it would seem, uh, that also is a part of that group. And his concern is people say, oh, don't date coworkers. Don't date kind of people that you that you're, have a working relationship with. His argument is, A, she hasn't worked for the team that I am employed for. She works kind of on the series side of things. Um, and also like we have the same schedule, which seems like that would be a plus where you travel to all these cities together. So we could kind of like explore and, and see the, the country together because they live in different cities. They live in different cities. Um, this is a way for them to hang out and kind of have a, a long distance relationship, but not really because they're both on the road together on the same schedule. So it's like, should he do it or shouldn't he do it? I would say a hundred percent do it. I have seen, Absolutely. I have seen, I, I, I was at a wedding a year and a half ago with one of my mechanics um, who was marrying uh, a woman who worked in the IndyCar series Um, and they had been dating forever. And that was one of their like great things with their relationship was yes, they were kind of traveling and working, but like on the evenings and the mornings and stuff, like they had their significant other there and it really built their relationship and their formed their bond. And it was an amazing thing. I have um, another example an, an old PR person of mine, just married. Um, a mechanic for another team. So I think it's has a really high success rate. I think it's a fantastic idea. I think you should do it.
2: Yeah? Get after it. Go
4: ahead. Go couldn't agree more. The, these series are like they're like a circus. It's all the same people going to all the same places. Why wouldn't you? You're never gonna find somebody with the exact Yeah, it's understanding the schedule, right? Yeah. No one
2: yeah, no one else is gonna understand what that schedule is like. And it is. It's a grind. It's crazy. So and it's so much worse for that series than it even is for IndyCar, and it's a grind for us. So roll the dice, buddy. Ask her out. And then and, let us know and how it goes. Invite us to the wedding. <laughs> yeah, no,
3: I we're great yeah. guests at wedding, as we've already covered another episode.
2: <laughs> we'll bring we'll bring yeah, Joseph, Joseph too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, Alex have a great test in Iowa. Uh huh. Have a nice weekend okay. off. You love it. We'll talk about I it. I can't wait, week. guys. But uh, have a great weekend off, and we'll see you in Toronto in two weeks. Yay, it's Canada!
3: Good. Actually, I'm as much as I don't love that racetrack. I'm so excited we're going back. Thank God we're going back to Canada. Yeah, it's awesome.
2: Yes, it is not the best circuit at but the it's moment. One of the best. Cities. Uh, but man, I'm. It's one of the best events. Yeah, it's awesome, and like the city's like teeming. It's everyone's just busting to get oh, to a race. Oh, yeah. They're so excited. It's coming back. It's gonna
4: be a big show. I'm looking. To if you have any problems crossing the border, DM right. me about it. That's also my responsibility. Uh, <laughs> you, should, you should start a concierge issue, service. Let yeah. me know.
2: <laughs> Actually, Tim, Tim, while I got you, my grass is looking a little. Yeah, I don't know, little I'm on it. I got you. Can you come by? Tim, line, take since it? you're gonna be an indie, right. like,
3: do you want to go do poop <laughs> patrol with my dogs? <laughs> mm. right, DM guys. me. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.
2: Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at askofftrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to add producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. About that, hey, guys, it's Hinch from Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. And if for some reason you're not already tired of listening to us on the show, well, I guess I got good news for you. We now have a YouTube channel so you can watch us on the show as well. Go to YouTube.com, search Off Track with Hinch and Rossi, and you can see myself, my co-host Alexander Rossi, that guy Thim that sometimes shows up, you know, doing what we do. So go check it out, subscribe, like all the videos. Thanks so much.
1: A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw